Hey everyone, it's Pacific. Uh, not too much to talk about this week, but I do want to remind you, if you're interested in getting an SCP postcard, now is the time to sign up. You have until August 31st to sign up for a Patreon or upgrade to uh, $5 or above to get this month's postcard. I'm still working on the design, so keep your eyes peeled. Uh, I'll be posting them on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, on Patreon. Uh, and all of those platforms, you can vote for which one is your favorite, and popular vote wins. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But otherwise, I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, a bunch of patrons this week, and that means you, Dread Fox, Terry Brennan, Colina, Michael Deegan, Tyler Furman, Miles Atwood, Jesse Shoemaker, Chase Maroth, Reese Prescott-Smith, Caitlin Bradshaw, Hayden Wilkinson, Fish Whistle, Emma Bay, Sean Goh, Duncan Winter, Jeray Dua, Alexa Abbott, Camden Hulk, Swole Little Mai, Matthias Byberg, and Edvard Nizinch. And I do also want to give a huge shout-out to this week's ACAST supporter, Tracy Turner. And she says, Thank you to my son Michael for introducing me to SCP and giving me nightmares of peanut. Thanks a lot. Uh, and thank you, Tracy, and uh, to your son Michael. We hope you guys enjoy the show, and without further ado, this week's episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Hello. I believe the link is secure now. You may call me representative. And I represent the good masters, Marshall, Carter, and Dark, of Marshall, Carter, and Dark Limited. You no doubt know of us and our exquisite wares, or perhaps you don't. Perhaps you've been thrust into the world of money and power with no clear idea on how to proceed because Daddy Dearest didn't explain himself well enough in his will. Or, perhaps, rarest of all, you are a member of the Foundation. If that is indeed the case, hold off on contacting Overwatch Command. I shall elucidate the message of MC&D Limited. We, that is, Messrs. Marshall, Carter, and Dark, are looking to expand our client list. We all seek to escape the mundane. That is certainly why you're hearing this message, isn't it? Now, while I have not been allowed to speak of the current catalog of wonders and delights MC and D currently offer, I have been allowed to show you the following three items that were, well, stolen is a dirty word. We'll say wrongfully procured by the Foundation. The first item they wrongfully procured sadly wears the label SCP-1634. Item number, SCP-1634. Object class, safe. Special containment procedures. SCP-1634 is stored in a secure locker at Site-76, 
along with the digital storage device holding notable instances of SCP-1634-1, retained for archival purposes. SCP-1634 may not be handled or utilized without permission from at least two Level 3 personnel. Only D-Class personnel may use SCP-1634. Additional security is required when utilizing D-Class personnel with a history of extreme violence and or sociopathy. Description SCP-1634 is a simple metal circlet constructed from a thick ring of iron and laid around its inner circumference with human skeletal muscle. Neither of the primary components show any signs of decay. Although microscopic samples of SCP-1634's metals and tissues have oxidized and decomposed at a non-anomalous rate following excision. SCP-1634 also holds a complete set of 32 adult human teeth with roots partially embedded around its upper rim. Complementary deformities in several of the teeth suggest that they were taken from a single individual. The teeth are also much older than the material surrounding them, dating to the mid to late 2nd century CE, while the main body of the artifact was formed using metal casting techniques not generally known until the late 1600s. SCP-1634 also shows signs of recent modification, carrying a micro-SD slot with circulatory integration interwoven through its musculature. Any memory card inserted in SCP-1634 will have its data erased and begin to accumulate SCP-1634-1. When SCP-1634 is placed on the head of an awake and alert human being, the subject will lose consciousness over the course of 30 to 90 seconds, and remain unconscious and unresponsive for roughly hours afterwards. During this period, the individual wearing SCP-1634 will experience an episode of vivid dreaming, in which they self-identify as the dream's protagonist. Autonomy and cognitive thoughts are retained throughout the dream state, although lucidity, i.e. the knowledge that one is dreaming, is absent in the vast majority of cases. Repeated testing has confirmed that dreams experienced under the influence of SCP-1634 invariably follow a consistent order of events. The protagonist finds themselves in an arena-like setting. The protagonist is presented with a variety of ancient weapons, including swords, maces, and flagella. Large animals, tethered or otherwise incapacitated, begin to fill the arena. It is given to understand that the protagonist may kill the animals as they desire. Regardless of the protagonist's actions, crippled or emaciated human beings begin to appear. The protagonist perceives that the non-threatening humans are enemies or giants, and is invited to slay them. Regardless of the protagonist's actions, perception of human and animal victims become increasingly distorted. At this point, the subject rapidly regains consciousness. If SCP-1634 is not removed at this point or shortly after, less than minutes, another period of unconsciousness will ensue, and the above sequence of events will reinitiate. The cycle may continue indefinitely if not interrupted. Removing SCP-1634 from a subject already in a dream state will not shorten the period of unconsciousness, although it appears to bring an abrupt end to the associated dream. Most individuals and tests of SCP-1634 have described the experience as disorienting, sometimes reporting a strong sense of moral conflict associated with acting violently towards helpless but sentient victims. Both of these effects have been shown to decrease after repeated use. SCP-1634-1 is a designation given to data found on memory cards inserted to SCP-1634 after use. The data consists of video files encrypted using the codec, with file names formed of a six-digit serial number prefixed by the letters CO. The videos themselves are comprised by various artifacts, rapid shifts in speed, FOV, focus, color values, static and hissing noise, audio distorted or dropping out. Nonetheless, they appear to be visual and auditory records of dreams experienced while wearing SCP-1634, filmed from the protagonist's point of view. 
Examination of videos created by test subjects assigned to perform specific actions while dreaming suggested SCP-1634-1 videos are accurate in their representation of each individual experience. Thus far, none of the videos have exceeded six minutes. Excerpt of transcript of recording 1634-1-01. Subject is researcher J who volunteered for the first carded experiment after safely conducting several unrecorded tests on D-class personnel. 34 seconds. View angle narrows and centers on a blurred distortion near the center of the arena. The focus adjusts until it's revealed to be a large wooden peg or post hammered into the dirt floor. The field of vision widens with accompanying lens distortion to include approximately 20 animals tied to individual posts. Among those recognizable are a male African lion, a striped hyena, a Persian deer buck, and a hornless bovine. 42 seconds. An unidentified voice is heard with words registering clearly as though spoken very closely to the viewer. Thy prey lies bleeding. Go forth and smite. Deep lacerations appear on the gathered animal's abdomens and hindquarters. One minute, five seconds. Subject's voice is heard on the recording. Intelligible, but with extreme high-frequency attenuation. Subject repeats a question eight additional times with varying inflection, during which time the perceptive shifts from the tethered animals to the protagonist's right hand, now seen to be holding a late Roman spathe of sword and a nearby table holding various weapons, including additional glad eye, tridents, and a large hammer. Two minutes. Speech continues. This is researcher Nicole Johnson. I believe I am currently under the influence of SCP-1634. This may be a dream, possibly a hallucination. The D-classes all stayed in the room hooked up to the monitors. A muffled tapping sound is heard. There's no crown on my head. It feels real, but I don't really understand what's happening to my perspective. I'm not sure if anything is being recorded at this point, or how I'm standing in the center of what looks like a large arena or, or a coliseum filled with wounded animals. It looks pretty much like the subjects prior to myself described it. A minute or so ago, someone told me to, quote, smite them, unquote. There's a sword in my hand. I, I really don't know who spoke. Three minutes, 49 seconds. The first voice is heard as before. Butcher the weak. Ensnare the feeble. Subject repeats the words. Four minutes, four seconds. Subject is heard saying, I'm going to try attacking this cow. The sword sinks several centimeters into the bovine's shoulder before being retracted, and the wound is seen to bleed. The animal grunts in pain, partially raising itself and then collapsing again. Subject continues. Dear God, I... That was unexpected. Pardon me, I, I really have no idea how this is done. We should have sent... Next. The surge of brown noise or static is heard over several seconds. There are people, I think, but I can't see them. Five minutes, thirteen seconds. The first voice speaks again. Behold, the slaughter. The video quality fluctuates erratically for several seconds before centering again on the bovine's former resting place, now occupied by three identical naked human males conjoined at the stomach and spine. The audio is silenced. Although the mouths of all three individuals move in sync with one another, appearing to form the words, Kill us. 
5 minutes 22 seconds. Subject is heard shouting, What? With a far greater clarity than earlier. Static continues to build, and the image begins to wash out, fading to medium gray at 5 minutes. 32 seconds. Video ends. Synopsis of recording 1634-1-06. Subject is D- Transferred from Correctional facility while serving a You're sentenced for multiple convictions, including aggravated assault, assault with a deadly weapon, assault and battery, burglary, robbery, kidnapping, vandalism, shoplifting, and Subject was informally evaluated by Dr. Nillum prior to experimentation as, quote, highly likely suffering from malevolent antisocial personality disorder. Animals identified. African elephant, African lion, Arabian oryx, Bengal tiger, brown bear, common ostrich, dromedary camel, European bison, fallow deer, giraffe, gravy zebra, hippopotamus, horse, Nile crocodile, Persian deer, striped hyena, and wild boar. There are at least humans in varying stages of paralysis. Weapons used. Celtic warhammer, throwing axes, Egyptian battle axe, bow and arrows, Roman gladius and spatha swords, trident, javelin, unidentified pole arms, handsaw, sledgehammer, primitive wooden club. Partial transcript of first voice utterances. Slay the weak and quench their lives. Let none who oppose thee survive. Behold the king of all earth, thou art a god. All their flesh shall be rent asunder. Without legs they cannot run. To thine eternal glory. Kill the great and lowly alike. Kill them all. Lord of all humanity and beasts of the earth, immerse thyself in the blood of victory. Hail Caesar. Acquisition Log Summary SCP-1634 was intercepted at Postal Service by an embedded Foundation operative who observed it being shipped through channels previously associated with Marshall, Carter, and Dark. Suspicions were confirmed upon opening the package and discovering an anomalous artifact along with a small paper square with a heavily encrypted barcode containing information for money transfer and the following message. Your people are into some seriously weird shit. I've got the last unit all lit up on my workbench right now. Just need to alter the process slightly. Not a thing to worry about on your end. But I'd still appreciate getting the next installment now, before I forget why I'm doing this shit in the first place. Crawl out. Addendum 1634-11 Following the encryption of the message above, all instances of SCP-1634-1 in the Foundation's possession are found to contain the string CRAWL, stenographically embedded at regular intervals in the video file. Scans of popular video sites searched for the same string have returned several previously undocumented instances of SCP-1634-1, along with two additional groups of videos similar in style but differing in imagery. One in which protagonist burns down poorly constructed city buildings, with the occupants still inside, to erect more opulent ones in their place, and another showing mostly passive views of soldiers on a viaduct attacking whales and other aquatic animals with projectiles. Further investigation into the nature of the origin of these recordings is under consideration.
Hey everyone, it's Pacific here with a quick ad break. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. As stated earlier, that item is off the catalog for now. But if someone with the right security credentials happens to be in the neighborhood of Site 76, see if you can't return that item. Marshall, Carter, and Dark Limited is always willing to pay for the hard work of motivated individuals. And speaking of, another item we used to offer members before some unsavory types lifted it used to be called the ICUC. A little joke there. It now has the dreadful title of SCP-1089. Item number, SCP-1089. Object class, safe. Special containment procedures. Due to frequent usage, SCP-1089 is to be kept in a 2 meter by 2 meter metal containment cell. The door to the cell is to remain electronically locked at all times, and only the designated researchers are to be given the keypad code. No other personnel are to be given admittance without level 3 security clearance. Description: SCP-1089 appears to be similar in design to some models of night vision goggles. There is a large spherical compartment containing many image intensifier tubes mounted in the center of the helmet between the two eyepieces. It is constructed primarily of black, high-impact plastic and features a radial knob with five settings on the left side. On the back side of the center-mounted sphere is a canister containing several SCP-1089-P when the radial knob is set to four. It is empty on every other setting. The interior of the helmet contains a small metal plate imprinted with the words the IC-UC. SCP-1089-P are several small pills roughly 1.5 millimeters in length. Pills are initially covered in a gray coat of gelatin. This coating can be carefully scraped away revealing what appears to be a complex microchip. Further examination has proved impossible as SCP-1089-P's interior components dissolve the instant the pill is pierced. SCP-1089 was recovered when you... A known prominent customer of MC&D was arrested and his assets were scheduled to be seized. You... Mansion was raided by Foundation agents and SCP-1089, SCP, and SCP were quickly recovered from a wall safe before either MC&D or government personnel arrived on scene. SCP-1089 exhibits its anomalous properties when worn and activated. The goggle overrides the wearer's sense of sight, causing the wearer, henceforth referred to as the observer, to be able to see through the eyes of another specific person. This specific person becomes marked by ingesting SCP-1089-P, and this effect persists for an unknown and possible permanent duration. The observer remains self-aware while watching a marked individual, and SCP-1089 appears to block all sound. Researchers have been reported being unable to hear anything while observing. There appear to be several channels, depending on the setting of the radio dial, and each active channel has its own marked individual. SCP-1089-P seems to be linked to the channel the goggles are set to. When set to any channel except 4, the compartment is completely empty. Subject D-1089-1 was given a pill from 4 after ingestion. The compartment was empty when it had contained several pills only moments earlier. Immediate termination of D-1089-1 
shows that the link expires when the marked individual dies, and compartment 4 was automatically refilled. All researchers use as observers have been recording their experiences in a shared research journal. Channel information is as follows. Note, for simplicity's sake, the marked individual for each channel will be denoted as SCP-1089-X, where X is the active channel. Channel 1 appears to be blank, and continues to be blank as long as it's been observed. No SCP-1089-P exists for Compartment 1, so it has been unavailable for testing. Observation to continue is scheduled. SCP-1089-2 is an individual of unknown gender in a padded cell in an unknown location. It is suspected that SCP-1089-2 may be forcibly restrained as little to no movement has been observed. Every day at precisely 0800, 1300, and 1800, a woman of medium age and build wearing plain gray dress and glasses enters the room with what appears to be a bowl of food paste. The woman spends 5 to 10 minutes feeding SCP-1089-2 and promptly leaves with the empty bowl. As far as been observed, she's never attempted to converse with SCP-1089-2 during these feeding times. Foundation agents have been investigating the identity of the woman, but thus far she remains unknown to Foundation personnel. Observation to continue is scheduled. Based upon information gathered from observation, investigation into the identity of SCP-1089-3 has been successful. SCP-1089-3 is the estranged father of you... It is not known why you... was watching his father, nor is it deemed scientifically relevant. Investigation discontinued, and observation stopped. Channel 4 has been cleared for testing on D-level personnel, and due to having complete control of SCP-1089-4, this is to be the primary channel of observation. No further testing is to be allowed without O5 approval. First, D-1089-1 ingested SCP-1089-P and became SCP-1089-4. SCP-1089-4 is briefly observed before termination. D-1089-2, surgically blinded, was observed next. Observation of SCP-1089-4-2 was reported to be blank in a manner consistent with Channel 1. D-1089-2 was then scheduled for immediate termination, so the channel could be freed up for more useful research. D-1089-3 ingested SCP-1089-P was placed into solitary confinement for a period of 48 hours. As it seems there are no adverse effects to SCP-1089-P other than linking the target for observation, SCP-1089-4-3 was reassigned to SCP. SCP-1089-5 has been identified from information gathered from mirrors and reflective services. He's a Japanese businessman named CEO of Inc. Located in Observation to continue as scheduled. Update. Observation reports that SCP-1089-5 is no longer but is instead an unknown female. It is not known when or how this change occurred, but Foundation agents are in the process of investigating the new SCP-1089-5-2. Update. Newspapers have confirmed was murdered between the time he was last observed and the first time the new female SCP-1089-5-2 was observed. Update. SCP-1089-5-2 has been identified as a wealthy heiress living in Observation continuous scheduled. Update. 
As expected, SCP-1089-5-17 was also reported murdered. Investigation into identity of SCP-1089-5-18 has begun. Observation to continue is scheduled. Addendum 1089. Testing of SCP-1089 is to be immediately halted, and SCP-1089-4 immediately terminated per instruction from 05... Effective immediately, discontinue use of SCP-1089-P while on site. That channel 5 changed without action from us suggests that there are more goggles and channels are shared among them. We don't know who has been watching, but since we've given them crystal clear surveillance of the inside of our secure facility as well as scp Kill the link to channel 4 and continue observation of the other channels. Channel 4 is now to remain blank and channel 5 is designated as your new primary observation. Disciplinary action to follow. Spoil sports, but if they knew the half of it. Now our time is running short, no doubt Mobile Task Force, MU3, or highest bidders as they like to call themselves, would be very interested in seeing where this broadcast is coming from. They won't find an origin point. It doesn't exist anymore. But a broadcast that is still up and running is much beloved and very missed most dangerous fighting exhibition and obstacle resort. Or if you lead a mundane life and enjoy removing the fun others could have there, you could call it SCP-2132. Item number, SCP-2132. Object class, Euclid. Special containment procedures. Containment procedure 62 Tango Foxtrot. Standard containment for anomalous structures, non-urban is followed for SCP-2132-01. Radios tuned to SCP-2132 are to be stationed at cardinal points 16 kilometers from SCP-2132-01 to monitor signal strength and extend listening range. SCP-2132 and its effects have not extended beyond 15.76 kilometers with an average distance of 15 kilometers. In addition, both iterations of SCP-2132 are to be recorded and retransmitted through secure channels to Site-11 for observation. Three members of Mobile Task Force IOTA-19, homemade sins, are to remain in constant residence within SCP-2132-01 in order to intercept SCP-2132's game and win. One member is to be cycled out each month, allowing no member to spend more than three months on site. When the game cycle has begun, all three members are to participate and wear standard-issue chest-mounted cameras sewn into their shirts for the duration of the game cycle. Description SCP-2132 is a radio station designated Point K To all outside of SCP-2132's anomalous range, currently reaching a maximum of 15.76 kilometers, SCP-2132 functions as a number station, with a male child's voice reciting numbers and a list of colors. These readings occur every five to six hours and are different each time. To date, Foundation code experts have been unable to determine a meaning within the numbers. The voice is hypothesized to be synthesized due to various vocal cues, lack of audible breathing, same tone maintained throughout, etc. Within the anomalous range, SCP-2132 largely functions as a music station, 
continuous who playing songs from the 1920s to 1950s. SCP-2132-01 is a collective designation given to a farmhouse and radio tower from which SCP-2132 emanates, operating in the countryside of Potawatomi County, Oklahoma. There's a hatch in the ground under the radio tower from which the station is presumed to operate. But as of this writing, the Foundation has been unable to open it through conventional means, prying, blasting, melting, etc. Digital sounding reveals only a tunnel that descends below the range of the sounding device. The hatch is inscribed with the Arabic word saying, Welcome home, Assad. Every Friday between 1700 and 2000 hours, SCP-2132's anomalous range music will stop and a woman's voice will read this announcement. Welcome to Mr. Marshall, Carter, and Dark's most dangerous fighting exhibition and obstacle resort. Please adjourn to the lounge for further instructions. The message will repeat until all residents have moved to the living room of SCP-2132-01. Further testing has indicated that should fewer than three people be in residence within SCP-2132-01, SCP-2132 will transport the nearest human being into the lounge, and they'll be made to participate in the game cycle. This is corroborated by the missing person files logged by Potawatomi County. Once there, all doors will be locked and the following message will play. Welcome to Mr. Marshall, Carter, and Dark's most dangerous fighting exhibition and obstacle resort. Please enjoy some brandy and cigars while we prepare your playground. After approximately one hour, all doors except for the front will unlock and open. Supplies will materialize within the hall closet located near the exit. These supplies will be the only thing other than their clothes residents will be able to take into the game cycle. All other foreign objects dematerialize upon exit. Sewing the chest-mounted cameras into their shirts appears to have tricked the game cycle into treating them as clothing. The supplies always contain one first aid kit, one map, one compass, and one thermometer. Once the supplies have been collected, the following message will play. Please step outside and enjoy your playground. Remember, get home safe. The exit then swings open. If the residents do not immediately step out, the words, get home safe, are continually repeated, up to 150 decibels over the course of one hour, causing permanent hear loss. If, after one hour, residents still have not stepped outside, the game cycle will begin prematurely, and an entity will enter the house and forcibly eject them. Entities to date include two mature grizzly bears, a colossal squid, and a guerrilla ambush from an unknown army. Upon crossing the threshold, residents are transported to a new climate containing traps, puzzles, and exaggerated hostile creatures. The only consistency between environments is a large stopwatch-style digital display projected in the sky. SCP-2132-01 disappears, and the goal of the game cycle is to locate it and return inside by the time the stopwatch reaches zero. Both SCP-2132 and SCP-2132-01 were discovered during a raid on a Marshall, Carter, and Dark Club, where they were advertised in the program as a retreat from the mundane into the fantastic. Testing Logs The sets of supplies varies between cycles, but always contains a first aid kit, map, compass, and thermometer. Date Involved personnel Agent Albright, Agent Solomon, Miss Supplies given Three snowsuits, bag of cotton balls, paintbrush, Matchbook, safety pin, two Beretta 9mm handguns and no ammunition. Environment materialized. Arctic tundra, negative 32 degrees Celsius, snowing consistently. Outcome. Agent Albright victory with minor bruising. Agent Solomon victory with no injuries. Miss. Loss. Notes. Agent Albright has been officially commended for her quick thinking, resourcefulness, and rescuing Agent Solomon from the creeping ice trap. Miss. 
Hill's body materialized on the porch post-game cycle, and her death was reported to Potawatomi County as a wild dog attack. No further questions have been posited. Number of agents guarding up to three. Date. Involved personnel. Agent Albright. Agent Campbell. Agent Dubchak. Supplies given. One set of car keys. Pasta strainer. Fishing hook. Carton of Bluebell ice cream. Vanilla. Toy plane. Fly swatter. Environment materialized. Abandoned city similar to appearance of SCP. Outcome. Agent Albright victory with broken leg. Request for replacement agent during recovery granted. Agent Campbell victory with scarring. Agent Dubchak victory with no injuries. Note. Several SCP-like entities manifested in the game cycle as boss fights and traps. Notably SCP and SCP. Footage is currently under review to ensure that there has not been a containment breach. Footage of fight between Agent Albright and Agent Dubchak currently under conduct review. Date. Involved personnel. Agent Dubchak. Agent Pallone. Agent Solomon. Supplies given. 16-ounce can of Heinz baked beans. Egg beater. 2-ounce bottle of ink. Craftsman brand screwdriver. Fork. Environment materialized. Rainforest-style jungle. 32 degrees Celsius. Approximately 80% humidity. Outcome. Agent Dubchak, loss. Agent Pallone, loss. Agent Solomon, loss. Notes. First total loss on record. The bodies of Agent Dubchak, Pallone, and Solomon were rematerialized in the porch post-mortem. All three were naked with chest cameras and footage gone, and had the Arabic character saying, I want to go home, painted on their chests. Date. Involved personnel. Agent Draper, Agent Pittman, Agent Orville. Supplies given. Bone saw, 17 cent postage stamp, letter opener, Ticonderoga number no. two pencil, environment materialized, Midwestern Plains, initially thought to be a lack of materialization, proved a game cycle in 16 seconds. Agent Draper victory with loss of right arm, transfer request granted, Agent Pittman loss, Agent Orville victory with minor cuts and bruises. Someone do some research on that last thing that we killed. What were the words on its chest? Why so many arms? The words were in Arabic. I want to go home, near as I can parse from the shaky cam. As for the arms, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Someone's sense of humor? Addendum 01. On. SCP-2132's number station transmitted the following message in Morse code. I cannot think of anything else. Stop. I am sorry. Stop. You use them all. Stop. Following this, the station, including both the number stations and the alternate music station, went silent for six hours. When they restarted, the male child's voice had been replaced with the female child's, and the inscription on the hatch had changed to Japanese kanji, saying, quote, Welcome home, Yuki. No other changes were noted. All good things must come to a close, and our time together is fast running out. But don't be glum. That's not the way of the illustrious Marshal Carter in Dark. No, be glad a new opportunity is opening before you. Cast off fear, embrace your courage, and if you're so inclined to reacquire misappropriated goods, well, Messrs. Marshal Carter and Dark never forget those that helped them. We'll be in touch soon enough. Warm regards from your friends at MC&D Limited.
SCP-1634 was written by R.C. Lettuce. SCP-1089 was written by Trask. And SCP-2132 was written by A. Bonjour. Our host and narrator was John Grills. The Marshall Carter and Dark representative was Chris Hemphill. Crawl was played by Kareem Cronfi. Researcher J was Nicole Goodnight. O5 and Woman were played by Danielle Ellitz of the Good Point Podcast. Orville was played by Pacific S. Obadiah. Draper was played by Russell Moore. And all of our music is by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons. I'm your showrunner and sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah. And our producer is Tom Owen. This is a bloody disgusting podcast. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com.